One big piece of news from China over the weekend was the announcement of new rules on extraterritorial application of foreign laws in China. These rules could have some pretty significant impacts for U.S. companies operating in the country. So to get an update on what we know, we're on the line with Matt Margulies, our Vice President for China Operations. From the U.S.-China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Matt Margulies is our VP of China Operations based in Beijing. So let's dive right in. Um, what did Mofcom announce over the weekend, and what is the significance of that announcement? So China's Ministry of Commerce published rules over the weekend that establish a MOFCOM-led interagency group within the Chinese government, basically to evaluate whether foreign laws are being unjustifiably applied to Chinese stakeholders and whether they unjustifiably harm their ability to conduct business. Uh, it's, the rules are referred to as a blocking statute, um, and MOFCOM's rules are modeled very closely after the European Union's blocking statute, which actually has been enforced since 1996. Uh, Blocking statutes are essentially pieces of legislation that aim to protect companies and legal persons from compliance with laws of another country if they are deemed to to negatively and unfairly impact companies from that country. And so the statutes usually are associated with the term extraterritorial application of laws or long-arm jurisdiction. Um, The EU and Canada and others have used blocking statutes to protect companies from those countries, primarily from penalties arising from doing business with entities in jurisdictions subject to U.S. sanctions like Iran, North Korea, and Venezuela. And so there are are many similarities, frankly, between MOFCOM's blocking statute and the EU's blocking statute. But there are also some important differences that have the potential to really create significant compliance challenges for foreign companies in China, depending on how broadly the rules are ultimately interpreted. In their broadest interpretation, though in my opinion it's not likely, um, the rules could allow the Chinese government to allow foreign companies to be sued in China for complying with most any U.S. law. In reality, I expect a much narrower interpretation and MOFCOM in a press conference and some Chinese legal scholars also seem to have pointed to a narrower um, expected outcome. Okay, that sounds pretty significant. So what do these new MOFCOM rules do specifically? So MOFCOM's blocking statute aims to, to protect Chinese stakeholders, primarily Chinese companies, right, from unilateral actions from foreign governments that restrict commerce for Chinese companies. What they do is they, they establish an interagency group in MOFCOM to determine if foreign laws are being unfairly applied to Chinese companies. If the MOFCOM working group does assess that a foreign law is being applied unfairly, what it can do is it can issue a prohibition order to companies that are complying or essentially applying that foreign law. If a party is served a prohibition order and does not seize its compliance with the foreign law, then they open themselves up to the potential of a lawsuit from the injured Chinese party in Chinese courts. At the same time, in addition to that lawsuit, MOFCOM's rules also enable the Chinese government to compensate or provide support to companies that are suffering what they deem significant losses from that unfair extraterritorial application of foreign laws. They also grant authority to the Chinese government to take unspecified countermeasures in retaliation for um, the application of that foreign law. And so how is that going to impact American companies operating in the market? So 
Mofcom's blocking statute has raised a lot of questions about which foreign laws Mofcom views as being unfairly applied to China. Um, there's clearly been an uptick in U.S.-China tensions over the last few years, and especially in 2020. Right? I think we're all aware of that. So it's easy to assume that, for example, growth in use of export controls and entity listings and other actions could be viewed as unfairly and extraterritorially applied to Chinese companies. But it's important to note that MOFCOM's rules do reference uh, unfair application of laws and measures in third states. That, that phrase third states is important here, meaning likely third markets. Um, so to me, this likely points more towards application um, of secondary sanctions against Chinese entities for doing business in third markets that are sanctioned by the U.S. And I think it's less likely to mean a broad application to much of the U.S.-focused entity listings and U.S. export control rules. I think there's still some ambiguity whether export controls of technology sales from third markets into China that use U.S. technology. This, is, uh, this has been a recent development in roughly August of 2020. It's referred to as the Foreign Direct Product Rules which notably limited the ability of TSMC, the world leader in semiconductor fabrication, um, to manufacture and sell semiconductors to Huawei from Taiwan. Um, and so to me, there's a little bit of ambiguity whether or not uh, those rules will be covered by Mofcom's blocking statute. So ultimately, the impact will be determined by how the rules are interpreted. I do expect a narrower interpretation primarily focused on U.S. sanctions and less specifically on U.S. export controls or entity listings. But again, if they are interpreted in their broadest potential scenario, then they could feasibly put companies in a very difficult position on how to comply with competing regulation from the U.S. and China. Okay, then. So what's next? Well, some important questions do remain unanswered that will really help us identify or be more precise about the impact here. First among those is, um, you know, when we compare MOFCOM's rules to the EU statute, which serves as the foundation for MOFCOM's rules, the EU statute contains an annex of specific U.S. laws and regulations that are to be blocked. Uh, MOFCOM's rules do not specify which U.S. laws are being unfairly applied extraterritorially, right? They don't contain that annex. So really key here is to get clarity on which laws MOFCOM views as being uh, unfairly applied which could then make uh, parties subject to lawsuits for compliance. Second, there's an exemption process in the rules that parties can go through to avoid a MOFCOM prohibition order or be exempt from a prohibition order, but that process is not entirely clear. Um, the EU statute does provide some guidance, uh, but in reality, further clarity from MOFCOM will be important here to see um, what companies can do to um, to be exempt from, from potential lawsuits in the Chinese courts. Lastly, I'd say that even if MOFCOM's blocking rules aren't interpreted broadly to their, to their scariest extent or to the kind of the scariest scenarios, it doesn't necessarily mean that U.S. companies are not subject to retaliation for complying with U.S. law from other Chinese government measures. Uh, for example, the unreliable entities list is, is most notable here, right? They were specifically created for the purpose of giving the Chinese government um, a tool to retaliate. Uh, I will caveat, though, that, you know, we, to be fair, we have seen over the last year that China has been quite conservative in utilizing its toolbox of countermeasures. And so I would expect that to continue for now. 
Okay, Matt, thank you for that update on those rules. Again, Matt Margulies is our VP for China Operations based in Beijing. We also have an analysis of the rules for our members on our website, which I will link to below, or you can find at uschina.org. It includes some more granular details of the rules and their potential impact, so be sure to check that out. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council. You can learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like so, please leave it a rating, leave it a review, send it to your friends. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.